the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We'll have Stephen Bassett joining us in a moment with some interesting information about what may be hope for disclosure. In the meantime, last week we had Rona Anderson. And it's interesting, of course, she's somebody who supposedly talks for earthbound spirits. And to show you the kind of reaction people give us, we are often criticized, Randall and I, for having too many shows about UFOs, and certainly this episode will be another one. But sometimes we bring up a different show, last week, of course, Ghosts, and they say, why are you doing Ghosts again? So it's called You Can't Win. Well, some people really do like the ghost stories, actually, and uh, I happen to be one of them. And one of the things that I really liked about Rona is that she was open-minded to different sorts of ideas. And when he, we asked her about the correlation between hauntings and UFO experiences, she was yet another one that says that there is indeed a correlation, or it seems to be that there is a correlation. And so maybe what's happening with UFOs is going much deeper than just, you know, blips on the radar. Let me bring in Stephen Bassett for this. He may not want to talk about it. In all your born days looking into UFOs, do you ever see any correlations with ghost sightings? In my days of looking into extraterrestrial-related phenomena, no. Uh, though I remember the old sighting show, which was a pretty good show. I remember watching that in the 90s, and, and it was great. It moved very fast. And they called it sightings. And as a result... It included a lot of uh, E.T. stuff, UFO stuff, and also ghosts. That way they were able to double the content. It made it easier to put those shows together. So you'd watch some UFO stuff, and then they'd do some ghost stuff. And it was cool. It was all right. It was a well-done show. I liked it. But the only thing I say when I'm asked this question that I think is relevant as far as me is this, that there have been hundreds of thousands of reports of contactees. We have a substantial archive of evidence, uh, a lot of which correlates, some of which is uh, on the edge, understandably, but there are some core consistent uh, reports. And one of the things that correlates is that the ETs can pass through walls. They can pass you through a wall, which is pretty cool when you think about it. I like to patent that technology. Ooh, I so, like that. I can just think here in a situation we have the coronavirus. You know, if we could be put in a state where we can just pass through walls. Maybe we can be put into a state where we can't infect anybody. Sure. That'll get you a Nobel. So to put my mind, look, if we're talking uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, uh, go back as far as you want to go. And you are a person of another century uh, with perhaps not the knowledge base that we have now and all of our wonderful knowledge and science. And a creature, grayish looking, not too large, passes through your wall. Boy, that looks like a ghost to me. And so I have always, spec I've always speculated whether a lot of the ghost lore is uh, connected to ET visitation, where uh, this um, entity is literally moving through solid objects, which would give, give someone a, a clear impression. That's about as far as I go with that. Beyond that, I, I leave it to the ghost hunters. Speaking of Rona Anderson, there was an interesting exchange you had with her, Randall where we had two things going on. One, she was in a basement, I think, dealing with earthbound spirits, and then some strange messages were found 
on a mobile phone, and I guess she was looking at a correlation, and you were trying to explain to her about analog and digital, I think, and I don't think she understood the connection. Right. Yeah, people that are into hauntings and ghosts, they're t- looking at it from a spiritual perspective. They're they're not thinking of it in terms of, well, maybe this is actually some kind of technology. Like, Stephen, when you're saying moving through walls, definitely. But if you've also add in things like levitation, cloaking, mental communication, strange lights – and the fact that a number of people who have had haunting experiences have also had UFO experiences, and some of them also claim to be abductees. So, you know, I think that there definitely is a connection here that should be explored. But the people on the ghost hunting side of things, they're often convinced that what they're dealing with are the departed, spirits of former loved ones. Now, if that's the case... How is it that something like uh, maybe, you know, children that had inhabited a house in the 1800s can in any way send a digital signal to a cell phone? Now, it is possible with digital gear to do silly things or funky things. A cell phone can be hacked. I've seen situations where I've received phone mail, voicemail, and I never got that on my iPhone. iPhone has something called visual voicemail where you see the listing of the messages and it does a translation of the message. And I've seen situations where if you dial the physical number with AT&T to retrieve your voicemail, it brings up messages that never made it to the phone as opposed to vice versa. But then I would think, again, that what we're saying here is that ghosts are analog and hacking of your digital device is digital. And never the twain shall meet. Is that what we're saying? No matter how you look at it, if you're going to get a message on your cell phone, you're going to have to know binary code. And you're going to have to know how to get it into the phone. So how many spirit entities are going to have access to some sort of digital technology that can transmit a signal somehow in binary code into a cell phone? This, to me, indicates that we're not just dealing with normal people, because normal people can't do that at all without a cell phone. And I don't think that cell phones go with people after they die. So we're dealing with here technology. There is no question about it. If it's true that cell phones are receiving you know, spirit messages from the departed, Uh, If that's what we're looking at in some mysterious way. Now, I recently discovered another way that cell phones can be tricked, and that's if you have both a landline and a cell phone. If you call your cell phone from your landline, it will look like it's you calling your cell phone. And so I was wondering how that could be done. And there's one easy way that that could be done. Well, they do have situations where you can set it up to ring your landline or vice versa. I have three landlines relics from the past but instead of actually using them anymore one i ported to google voice which is free and it forwards the call to my cell phone but also has a phone valet you know call from and somebody gives a name and i have a certain degree of control over business phone calls i then have two other lines one's a fax line but because people don't use faxes anymore except for a few people rather than have a fax machine and set up a real line 
I have it forward to an electronic fax service for $4 a month to show you how cheap we can be. And the third one is the original landline number I got when I moved to Arizona back 27 years ago. I pay another $5 to have that forwarded through a company called Voipo, V-O-I-P-O.com, and it's a free ad. They're good service. So basically, for the grand total of... Ten fifteen dollars a month. I have three yeah. extra phone lines. Under twenty bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is getting a little bit besides out there, but at least it's at least it is connecting in with with UFOs a bit. So, uh, just to remind our listeners about Stephen Bassett and who you are, uh, I'd like to hear you just give us a quick overview of what Paradigm Research Group is and what you mean by the truth embargo. And before we do that, we've got just a few seconds before we move to our next segment. I will tell you this, that Stephen will also be staying with us for the After the Paracast podcast. So whatever we cannot discuss here, and there are a lot of things to discuss, we will have them there. And that's part of our Paracast Plus subscription package. If you want to know more about that, go to theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus, and we'll give you all the information. So we have Stephen... Bassett Paradigm Research Group, and Randall has asked him to tell us something about his background before we bring things up to date with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You know what's really smart? Wash your hands frequently, practice social distancing, and stay home if told to do so. You know what's really dumb? To ignore your immune system. Right now, more than ever, your health depends on a strong immune system. The experts at Immunicorp will give you their seven-step guide to immunity for life, free. Why? Because we want you to be smart and healthy. Simply call 800-446-3063 or click immunityforlife.com. Immunocorp has been producing the world's leading immune system products for more than two decades. To get your free seven-step guide to immunity for life, call 800-446-3063. 800-446-3063. Be smart. Don't ignore your immune system. Your life depends on it. Call 800-446-3063 or click immunityforlife.com. Immunityforlife.com. Turn off your music. Bye, bye. 
and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. <laughs> Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Extend your life with Extendovite. Extendovite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. John Hess, 5 out of 5 stars. Awesome. Probably my only review, but at age 40, I was getting bad heart throb and left arm pain, mainly before bed. I even stopped smoking and drinking sodas for a month, and that didn't work. After one day of taking Extendivite, it was gone and hasn't returned in three years. I've ordered Extendivite 13 times, so Amazon just said. Juliet Hordick. I've ordered this product before in liquid form. It is fantastic. My whole family's been on it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But soon, you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live-underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional, off-the-grid mobile survival bug-out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. For those who have not heard you before on the Paracast, you were on a year ago and then some years before that, Stephen. Again, in response to Randall's question, give us the background, please. Sure, but first let me say that, look, if you want me to be on the After the Podcast podcast, I'm happy to do that as well. No problem. We're always glad to have you on because one thing people, whether they agree with you or not, I've learned from talking to you and not always agreeing with you that you're basically a pretty nice guy. Go ahead, please. You see, I'm buttering him up because he is. <laughs> There's no upside in being an a-hole, let's face it. No upside at all. Look, I, I formed a, a Paradigm Research Group in 1996 to, as a political activist to engage the issue. I decided that's what I wanted to do. I want to be a political activist. There were many possibilities, environmental, whatever. But I've always had an interest in this subject. I saw a possibility here, and so I volunteered to work for John Mack up in Cambridge, which was, gave me a nice introduction, a very exciting time, four months there. Met John Mack and saw some of the work they were doing. But then I went to Washington in July of 96, to, uh, moved in, set up an office and re registered as a lobbyist, knowing that that would attract a lot of attention from the Washington Post, which it did, resulting in a front page, very large front page article in the business section. And I was off to the races. I didn't know much, but I had my foot in and uh, I had access to materials. From the beginning, it was political activism. Now, I call it Paradigm Research Group because what I did was register as a lobbyist pro bono for a number of research organizations. It was obviously, how can they turn me down? Right? It's free. 
So that that was kind of cool, and, I, and so that's why I called it Paradigm Research Group. From the absolute beginning, the activism was about disclosure. It wasn't just some general thing, I think I'll be active in this area. No, no. I knew what was needed, and that's that, that had come to me while I was up in Boston, that this issue is not a science problem, hasn't been for some time, it is a political problem. And the reason we don't know the truth is not because enough evidence hasn't been acquired, but because the government simply will not acknowledge the truth and maintain, wants to uh, not allow the trial, I guess you could say, to proceed to a jury. So it's a political problem, got to be solved. So one of the things that came to me next was, look, this is a pretty important issue. And so there are a lot of issues out there, and there's various political uh, aspects to them, connections and so forth. Uh, why can't the ET issue have all of that as well? So if there's lobbyists for just about every issue under the sun, why can't the ET issue have a lobbyist? So I, I registered. There are PACs for everything under the sun, so why can't the ET issue have a PAC? So I created one, XPAC. Uh, there are conferences uh, on all matters of politics. Why can't there be one on exopolitics? And so I set some of those up in Washington, I think six of them. And all of this was in service to the disclosure process. Every great political activist movement had to have what is called the prize. There is a wonderful documentary called Eye on the Prize, which is uh, two parts, three parts, about the civil rights movement. And what was the prize? The prize was the Civil Rights Act. That's what they were shooting for. It was very clear, very distinct. And until they got that, that activist movement had not succeeded. And this is true on any movement you want to pick. Right. There's always got to be a prize. If there isn't, then people don't exactly know why they want to help you, why they want to care, why they want to pay attention. So what was the prize in the uh, the activism associated with ET issue? Ending the truth embargo. When I got involved, one of the things I also knew and understood was that – and this is true of all activist movements – language is very important. When you first engage or as, as, as a problem develops, it's always a problem with authority, with the government. The government's doing something you don't want it to do. The southern states wanted to have slaves. Some people didn't want them to have slaves uh, and so forth and so forth. And so right away, there's a language associated with that issue. The language of colonialism, the language of slavery, the language of the suppression of women. And that language is built up over time to service that situation, that status. So an activist, one of the things that activists has to do is change the language in favor of the, uh, uh, the process of reaching the prize. And so this is one of my contributions. It's not obvious. I mean, it doesn't matter that much. But so, so first of all, UFO I've been working on forever. UFO has got to go. It's, it's an acronym that serves the, the, the truth embargo. It was created by the government, essentially, and it was then used by the government as the principal hook upon which to hang everybody on who dared to touch that subject. And the ridicule was already built into the phrase. Therefore, the moment you say UFO, bada bing, you pick up all the ridicule. So extraterrestrial related phenomena. Unfortunately, there is no other way. So, so you could call that ERP, right? ERP. UFO really is easier to work with. It's got a nice ring to it. You can add L-O-G-Y on the end, ufology, whoop-de-doo, but it's not good and it doesn't help. Now, I'm not criticizing anybody that uses it in their work or in their conferences. I'm simply saying 
that trying to get away from that is part of the language change, which ultimately uh, is, is, is happening right now with UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena or unexplained aerial phenomena. UAP and UFO mean exactly the same thing. But UAP does not have decades of ridicule and baggage associated with it, and therefore it's better for the disclosure process. Then the other thing I confronted, which was the language at the time, was cover-up, UFO cover-up. Now, that was bad on two points. First of all, it's about UFOs. It's not about UFOs. It's about extraterrestrials. And secondly, cover-up means the government's doing something illegal. You do not cover up something legal. So by using the phrase UFO cover-up, you are implying that the government is committing illegal acts which they're covering up. That's not the case. The fundamental policy was legal from the get-go. It was all national security-based and probably justified. So it's not really a cover-up. Now, another reason that matters is that you usually rarely succeed in any kind of major activist movement without help from the authorities that you're confronting. People within the government, within state governments, within federal governments, whatever, who actually favor what you're doing. They may not have the power to simply give you the prize, but they're on your side. And so using the word cover-up basically says the whole thing's illegal and everybody in the government even touches it is a criminal. So criminalizing the people that you may like to have you on, on your side, that doesn't make sense. And so UFO cover-up becomes the truth embargo. And I take full credit for that. That's mine. I've got it trademarked. I get a nickel every time anybody uses it. Now, disclosure is really important, and the origin there is not clear. Stephen Greer and I were using it about the same time, and I don't know who, who used it first. Does it matter? Could easily have been him. The point is is that it was it emerged back in the mid-90s to late 90s. If sooner, I'd, I'd be happy to know that. Disclosure, of course, is critical. It, it, it is the prize. But it is a, a special word. It's the capital D disclosure. It is not regular disclosure. That's that's standard revealing process going on all the time. Been going on forever. It'll continue to go on. No big deal. We have a big deal right now, Stephen, and we'll be back in a moment. And we'll continue sure. with the background and the search for disclosure. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203.
USA Radio News with Wendy King. Florida has set yet another record in daily confirmed coronavirus cases. Officials report more than 9,500, which tops the previous day total by more than 600. Political reporter Mark Caputo is in Coral Gables. The state has had a kind of a patchwork approach to fighting coronavirus. Uh, the governor, Ron DeSantis, has, in a similar way that the president has deferred to locals, has himself deferred to locals. So, for instance, in Miami-Dade County, where I'm in, we've always been under an earlier and stricter lockdown relative to the rest of the state. Florida is now banning alcohol consumption in bars because health officials blame the new outbreak on young adults that are flocking to establishments that opened three weeks ago. Texas has also seen a spike in coronavirus cases, leading to restrictions on businesses once again. This is USA Radio News. More federal problems with virus restrictions. A federal judge is blocking New York City and state from enforcing some of its coronavirus restrictions. Details now from USA Radio's Kenneth Burns. The judge blocked New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio and New York Governor Andrew Cuomo from enforcing limits they issued restricting the size of outdoor religious gatherings. The judge ruled de Blasio and Cuomo can't encourage people to take to the streets to protest racial inequality while restricting outdoor religious gatherings. The judge said the mayor and governor gave preferential treatment to thousands of protesters marching in close quarters in the streets violating social distancing rules while aggressively enforcing limitations on religious gatherings. The suit was brought by Catholic priests from upstate and Orthodox Jewish leaders in the city. They accused the governor and the mayor of an abuse of power and shuttering houses of worship while supporting mass protests. For USA Radio News, I'm Kenneth Burns. You're listening to USA Radio News. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in dermatology right now. It's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals and they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Stephen Bassett, Paradigm Research Group, talking about the quest for disclosure and the background of the group, what they're seeking. Go ahead, please, sir. Well, just to, just to continue, I'm almost done. Disclosure was critical. That word, with a capital D, has come, and it's a lot of effort has gone into this, believe me. This is not something you, – you don't change language easily. You don't create new words uh, simply by tossing them out. It is, it is, in fact, the act of confirmation by government. It's the head of state, and that's the only one that can do this. Uh, it's not – some member of Congress or member of the Politburo or some colonel in the Soviet Army. It is head of state, president, the prime minister. 
confirming to the citizens that the extraterrestrial presence is real. That's all it is. Nothing more. Anything else, any other information, that's post-disclosure. The event is simply that confirmation. And so the word disclosure it really wasn't connected to the 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 the, uh, the withholding of this information per se. It doesn't have any ridicule attached to it. It was the name of a movie with Demi Moore. Uh, so it's, it started off nice and fresh, and now it now it is in fact being used throughout media and throughout the world. Uh, and again, it is with a capital D, and it is the prize. So there's another a, a very important aspect of language there, and there's some other things here and there, whenever possible. If you can make the language not only more accurate about what you're trying to achieve, but also replace the language which has held things back, this is uh, one of the roles that the activist uh, has to has to pursue. Well, of course, originally we called them flying saucers, and certainly that was a source of laughter. Ah, flying saucers isn't this fun. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. And then UFOs, I think, because they've been used for so many years has taken on that veneer because it's being used by people both serious and not so serious, people who are honest and not so honest. So UAP in that sense, probably at this point, I know Randall probably would rather go back to UFOs, but I think using a different term, well, let's give it a try and let's hope that works. I wanted to bring things right up to you. I'm sitting here on an article from Politico. Mm Mm-hmm. Senators want the public to see government's UFO reports. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the Senate Intelligence Committee. We're talking about Senator Marco Rubio. Mm-hmm. And whether you're conservative or liberal, and I have problems with a few things, more than a few things that little Marco might have to say. But let's talk about this because this is forgetting his political bent this is interesting news. What should we know about it? All right, I'll, I'll respond. Now, remember, I'm going to respond in a larger context. It's very difficult for anyone who's not constantly paying attention to this manifest phenomena, multi-tiered phenomena, to, to sort of have a context for it so they see something happening. Okay, fine. What does that mean? So let me give you the context on this. This is what I think is going on. And this is a significant development in what I think is going on. The To the Stars Academy, I believe, was supposed to launch after Hillary Clinton won the election. She didn't win. They couldn't decide what to do, but it took them 11 months. They finally decided to launch anyway and and hope for the best. So on October of 2017, they launch. They go to the New York Times. They provide major stories to the New York Times. New York Times puts them both on the front page. And thus comes TTSA, Bigelow, ATIP. Uh, and, of course, the pilot sightings and the gun camera footage, which are all over the world now. It's been seen millions and millions of times. This is all huge. But the political realities in America were not favorable for movement here. Two reasons. One, there was so much chaos politically and so much deep partisanship that the minds were not exactly open to taking new paths. Worse, the Congress is completely locked up. And getting a hearing on anything would be difficult, and a hearing on the ET issue, which we haven't had since 1968, was going to be impossible. And so in spite of those extraordinary stories, this sort of got subsumed into the background. And I think the TTSA realized that, 
And so they slowed down. They did stuff. They were doing stuff, putting up a television show on History Channel and so forth. But major moves, no. Now, they were doing stuff behind the scenes, however, as we continued through 2018, 2019, and, of course, into 2020. 2000, late 2018, I believe. I don't know. They don't say. They started going up on the hill, which is, of course, where they wanted to go all along. But they held off. The lead there was, of course, Christopher Mellon. That's a given, given his background with the intelligence committees and his entire career. And they started briefing people on the Hill about the uh, pilot sightings, the Nimitz case, and perhaps other things. But the pilots apparently were primary. How many briefings? I don't know. Recently, Tom DeLong alluded to many. Fine. And that's very possible. They had enough time to do 100 or 200 if they wanted to. A few members of Congress have admitted they've had these briefings. And one, Mark Walker, a Republican, actually did something upon getting that briefing. He got fired up, fired off a letter to the uh, Secretary of Navy about, hey, what's going on with this Nimitz stuff? And the Secretary gave him a kind of bland response, and he sent another letter uh, sort of reacting to that, and then absolutely stopped Meaning somebody took Mark aside and said, Mark, you need to stop that. Is that because they, they thought they were going to get hearings right away? No chance. No way. But they were seeding the Congress. They were laying the groundwork for eventually having hearings when we could have hearings. And so that work will eventually be, be known. We will learn more about what happened there. And Mellon is going to get a huge amount of credit for this. Uh, he's going to be the point guy on the connection to the Hill. It really came down – eventually it comes down to this as we get, in, as we get into 2020. Until the presidential situation was resolved, there absolutely could not be hearings on this subject. And the proper way to disclosure is through congressional hearings. I think everybody in the military intelligence complex that cares about this issue would almost certainly agree with that. Uh, having the president just suddenly wake up one day and go, "Well, I think I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna say there's ETs here." I'm not even gonna call the DOD on this. I'll just say it because it's cool. See what happens. No, uh, that would be a huge mistake and would go poorly. The way it should happen is that real hearings again begin. We got tons of witnesses. We got tons of researchers. We could have hearings for months. There are at least a dozen committees, maybe not that many, maybe about seven or eight committees that would appropriately hear some of these witnesses. And then this information starts coming out under oath in front of millions of people watching. In other words, the hearing that I – what would be happening was what I tried to to show Washington when I held the the citizen hearing on disclosure. Here's what a real hearing could be like. Here are the kind of people that would show up. Look how cool it is. Look how sane it is. Six former members of Congress are answering very cool, asking very cool questions. That was the whole point of the citizen hearing. But that's not a real hearing. And so that's the way it should be. And I, I'm sure that these former DIA, DOD, CIA, Lockheed Martin men, there's one woman, Gilpin, probably almost certainly feel the same way. We've got to get there through hearings. But we cannot have hearings until the presidential issue is resolved. Okay, so time months go by. Uh, the issue never goes completely out of sight, though the overall coverage has dropped way off because, you know, I have a huge media uh, link page on coverage, mainstream coverage, so I can literally watch the flow. I think I've got 12,000 articles linked now. Um, but what has happened recently 
is that the presidential situation is starting to clarify. And by that, I mean that the likelihood that the current president will be reelected is falling down fast. It's coming down very fast. And more and more people, particularly those inside, who have a better perspective on what polls mean and what's going on, have already figured out in their mind that there will be a new president in January. Now, let's say that's true. Before we move into the politics, we have another segment to start in a moment. We're going to take a quick break, take a quick deep breath. And yes, folks, we do have to get into politics if you're talking about disclosure. We've got more to come with Stephen Bassett. Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals, Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Houseflies defecate every four to five minutes, spreading diseases and germs. Protect your food and your health with Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic, no batteries required, only $39.95. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at bugassault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your bug assault today. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever. We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. 
That's 800-486-8112. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Before we get started with this, let me point out here, it doesn't matter at this point whether you're a liberal or whether you're a conservative. We do have a political situation. We have real polls, and we don't have to say one way or the other, well, this poll is to be believed or not. I think whether or not there's a new person in the White House come January 20th, after that, when the situation settles down, there would be room for these hearings. But before we go back to that, Stephen Bassett, let's go back through history, back to the 60s. They had hearings on UFOs then. We had NICAP, which was Major Keogh's lobbying group, lobbying for hearings. We had Congressman Gerald Ford before he, of course, became the vice president and the president. They had hearings. They had the Condon Commission. That didn't work out so well. It gave an excuse for the Air Force to get out of the UFO business with Project Blue Book. So the question here is, looking at the lesson of history, how is it done right this time, Stephen Bassett, so we don't end up with that, regardless of who is president? Sure, of course. Well, again, you can't separate the two at this point. Uh, the last hearing was 52 years ago. So we're talking ancient history. The Condon Report, NICAP, all of that, all, all was taking place during the Cold War itself. And the truth embargo was locked solid during the Cold War. Unpenetrable, literally. Things just didn't happen. Well... A lot of years have gone by. Now it's 2020. Whole new ballgame. So to continue what I was saying, and let me be clear, I'm saying what I believe is going to happen. I'm not proselytizing for it to happen. I'm simply saying what I believe is going to happen. If you don't like it, that's fine. It's okay. So they figured out, I think, there's going to be a a new president. And and unless something happens between now and and then, and it could, you're talking about a 77-year-old man. We'll assume it's going to be Biden. Oh, and by the way, I think the consensus is growing very quickly that the Senate is going to shift as well. So the Democrats are going to control the entire, entire Congress and, and the U.S. Okay. So the Republicans, of course, are seeing all of this. They're following it very closely. 
they know they know what's going down. They 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 know what to expect. They're not going to be surprised by any of this. Okay, and so here is where it gets interesting. The Republican Party's history with the extraterrestrial issue is almost not measurable. It's almost nothing. Zero. Nada. Nichevo. Bubkus. Nine. Uh, Reagan did mention extraterrestrials in a couple of presentations about wouldn't we all get together and, and go kumbaya if we were under an alien attack. He mentioned he had a sighting once. Okay, fine. Nixon apparently gave uh, a, a viewing, took, took Jackie Gleason to see some bodies to impress him. Uh, fine. Now, a point of order here. The viewing of the bodies is highly disputed, but let's just leave it intact for the sake of argument. And go on, please. Oh, and Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford, uh, now this is way back now, back in the 60s, was key to getting those, one of those hearings because of the Michigan sightings, and uh, he was an honest man. He thought it was appropriate for him to respond. That is the full extent of the Republican political response of the entire GOP to this issue. In other words, they're shut out. They're not in the game. So now as we approach this next election or, or the next administration, some of the young Turks are probably thinking, this could go badly for us. And so here's what I think they ought to be thinking. If, if I were advising them privately, this is what I would tell them. If Joe Biden becomes president, you have to understand Biden has a connection directly back to the Clintons. Obama, of course, but also the Clintons. They're on the same team. While he was vice president, Clinton was secretary of state. And, of course, she was fully involved in the Rockefeller Initiative. Leon Panetta was Secretary of Defense and also the head of the CIA. He was there in the White House during the Rockefeller Initiative. Of course, he, he is in the same administration. And, of course, the Clintons informed Obama about their interest in this subject and what their plans were. And the plan was that Hillary was going to disclose. I'm about 98 percent certain on that. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, in the last year and a half of his administration, Obama suddenly asked uh, Podesta to come in and be his advisor so they could sit around in the, in the White House and talk about anything they wanted without any concern that their conversation. They never explained why, why Podesta was there. I'm pretty sure he was there to talk about the ET subject and how it was going to go. And Biden, again, he's VP. So he, there is, they're, they're, they're part and parcel. So if Biden wins, I expect that hearings are going to be put together pretty quickly. The stage is set. The political chaos is over. And now you have a president who is connected to a, a person, Hillary Clinton, who, because of a lot of hard work that I did, was, was mentioned in 500 articles during her campaign connecting her and Podesta and her husband to the ET issue. 500. That wasn't enough apparently, because it didn't get brought into the debates. But the connection between the Clinton team and Obama to the ET issue is well established, and Biden is fully aware of it. And so he is in an excellent position to make a move. And if Biden were to do this, if he were to support new hearings and get the ball rolling, leading to disclosure, wouldn't take long, naturally, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and even Barack Obama would be brought into the picture. In other words, they would get to share the glory 
because of their past statements, their past actions, going all the way back to 1993, and they all win. And of course, the Democratic Party wins. That's one of the greatest legacies of all time. It's win, 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 win. Who's left out? The GOP is left out. The GOP is out in the cold. The world is being told there's extraterrestrials, and there isn't a single Republican in, in the Senate or the House that could say, oh, yeah, I talked about that. Not that I'm aware of. It's so little, it's almost inconsequential. They will literally be on the outside looking in as the biggest event in human history goes down. So, Marco Rubio, up-and-coming GOP senator, very much an opportunist, I should say. He will do and say what he needs to do that serves his needs. And he's and he can change, of course. Though he's not as, well, he's fairly obvious, but he's not as obnoxious as some other opportunists that I could mention. What does he do? He sees to it that something gets put into the Defense Intelligence Appropriation Bill, 2020-2021. In other words, it hasn't, the appropriations are not, are not going to be issued until the, until the bill is passed, which will be later this year. Probably, maybe not even before the election. And it says that the Intelligence Committee will receive files from the uh, CIA, I think, and I think it may have mentioned the government in general, the CIA, but whatever. In other words, he is basically asking for exactly what Lawrence Rockefeller wanted Clinton to get in 1993, the release of all the UFO files. Now, does that mean they're going to do it? I don't know. Would they actually release them all? I doubt it, but they wouldn't have to release much to get things really rolling. And so he puts that in there, and the beauty of it is that it states that they have 180 days to start bringing that material to the committee, which guarantees that if this goes down, it will be under the next president. So Rubio has just staked a claim into the ET issue ahead of time. It is a brilliant move on his part. I could say, well, why do something sooner? But I get it. Just to That's put things saying. in perspective, because we're going to break in a moment, Stephen. I don't think Rubio is up for re-election this year. I think he was re-elected in 2016. That's because he didn't make it as presidential candidate, so he decided to run for another term. So his term expires in 2022. That's even better. I mean, he can make this move with even less risk. And if he is the disclosure senator, he succeeds. Say he succeeds. What he wants to do succeeds and all sorts of great things happen and the kind of disclosure hoping for happens or anything close. He makes this effort. He's not regarded and certainly he isn't already because the stories have been on there. Even Fox News has run the story. The fact that he's trying to do something and nobody's showing him disrespect. Nobody's attacking him. He gets in there. And any success he achieves, or even the effort, makes it look good for his re-election. No matter what happens now. Now we've got... Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay, we'll break in 30, that's why I'm doing this. So we're going to get more into this because it's really fascinating, the political comings and goings here. And again, it may have nothing to do with what Marco Rubio personally believes about the subject. He may have latched on to something that he thinks has potential. You never know with politicians. I mean, if he's sincere, even better. Stephen Bassett joining us. UFO or UAP lobbyist. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast.
are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So let's get back to what might be happening here. If Senator Rubio gets his hearings, and the question, only question would be here is if the Democrats take over the Senate, then you're hoping, I assume, Stephen that there'll be a move, but it will be a part of the new administration. Well, let's, let's, let's clarify a little bit. Uh, the, the, the move that he just made is not about hearings. It's simply about making a commitment. Within, in other words, if, if we sign this bill, and by the way, until it's signed, it's not a bill yet, right? But the way the bill is structured right now, and even if, it, even if this gets pulled out of the bill, the fact that he tried to put it in the bill will be marked down. History will note that some files regarding the subject, which has become extremely prevalent, need to be delivered to the Intelligence Committee. And I think everybody kind of knows what that means. So that's where it's at. Now, let's talk about hearings. Rubio absolutely knows that Christopher Mellon and the Nimitz pilots and maybe some others have been up on that hill for a good while now, holding meetings with members of Congress, uh, essentially uh, private. In other words, they're not uh, being discussed. Nobody's going out and giving a – well, 
couple of people mention they had them, but they're, they're just not doing anything else. It's all private, off the record in a sense. He knows that's going on. It's very possible he got one himself. We know Mark Warner got one. And so if Mark Warner got an interview, it'd be kind of rude not to give Marco Rubio one. And so let's assume he got briefed. So he, he is fully aware that the groundwork for hearings is being laid by the two of the Stars Academy, and, and particularly Christopher Mellon. And these are not trivial people. They've got infinitely more clout than I have. I mean, they're, real, they're the real deal. They're insiders, and they're representing other insiders. And so Rubio could easily conclude that, like, when the door opens for hearings, they're going through it. Now, I'm not going to be the one uh, sending the witnesses to the Hill. It'll be Christopher Mellon and Elizondo and those people. And obviously that right away gives them even more credibility. So uh, legitimate hearings could happen very quickly in the new president. Rubio is staked out his position. That's good. And the other thing I would recommend is that people should be looking for more GOP guys and then ladies, ladies and gentlemen, to start making maneuvers to set themselves up for next year. Watch for it. Obviously, if I say anything, I'll be talking about it and posting. But I don't think Rubio is going to be the only one. Remember, what's coming is the biggest event in human history. Nothing compares to it. If you're attached to it, this pandemic is pretty big, right? It's big. Uh, supposedly, it's the biggest pandemic since 1918. It's global and it's huge. And I can say with some confidence that every politician on the wrong side of this pandemic, their career is over. They may not know it yet, but they're dead poles walking. The ET issue is magnitudes more important than coronavirus, COVID-19. So I got to believe some others are going to start staking it out. So what I'm saying is, if we have that change of administration, based on everything I see, I expect quick movement from the TTSA. Suddenly, hearings are going to be in play. Bada bing, bada bam. Millions and millions, tens of millions of people will watch all of them. Uh, and the ET issue will literally explode. But it will be in an orderly fashion. There will be hearing here and hearing there and witnesses brought forward. And, and, and everybody that's interested in the field will get all excited. The, the rest of the world will be watching. And, yeah, a lot of people are out there. Oh, hey, look, look, we already knew that. Get on with it. Announce the ET presence. Fine. But no, by having a reasonable uh, length of hearings, let's say three to four weeks, where 40, 50, 60 witnesses across uh, a, a number of areas, a lot of them insiders and military, come forward and start laying out the, the larger picture. Maybe they'll be nice and invite an activist like me or one of the researchers we all know and well. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Uh, they may just only go for people that have powerful resumes. But in any event, the the awareness and the subject and the and the understanding that yeah, it's all real will just grow and grow and grow. And then at some appropriate point, the Congress leaders of Congress and some top people from the DOD, I don't think we need the intel agencies at that point, will get together with the president and they'll say, uh, Mr. President, I think American people now understand that, uh, that this is quite real and we've got a huge amount of evidence that's been laid out under oath. I think it's time to go ahead and confirm the ET presence. Uh, and so this way is, is, is very minimally disruptive. I have a it's, question that obviously we're going to pose here, but we have yeah, to look at both sides. All right, we know what the polls say. 
Can we know what the trends are and those who do study presidential polling and the situation with the campaign where we are would confirm very much of what you say? Will there be a new president? Possibly the Democrats will take over the Senate with a few seats. The House will be in Democratic hands. But just saying here, okay, because we're trying to be fair and balanced here. Of course. The other guy is reelected. Okay. There are four possibilities here. A new president, Senate doesn't switch. A new president and the Senate does switch. Same president, Senate doesn't switch. Same president, Senate does switch. So four possibilities. If the current president is reelected and the Senate switches so that the Democrats have substantial power, I can do almost anything. And that certainly includes includes holding hearings. I think they have a very in the in the Two the Stars Academy. Of course, will be in the middle of all this. They'll be in the mix. They have a very interesting decision to make. It's it's incredible, it, really amazing historical kind of decision, the kind of stuff that will be discussed and written about forever. Uh, we have the power to hold the hearings. We chair every committee. Uh, as this unfolds in those hearings, and there's there's no way the president can stop hearings. Can't 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 be done. Um, this will all unfold, and we, the, the world will see the truth of this through these hearings. And the Democrats will obviously get the the the, the lion's share of the of the of the uh, credit. However, the current president will be the disclosure president, and for at least three to three and a half years, maybe, will be the post-disclosure president. Uh, being the one that can shape, will shape in many, in some regards, how we deal with the post-disclosure world, uh, both domestically and uh, and uh, in foreign affairs. Uh, and I'll add one thing: uh, that the post-disclosure world, that world which immediately follows the announcement will be the most complicated set of issues, options, and implications that any leader of any country has ever faced in the history of the human race. Well, maybe that's partly why they don't want to get into it, because it would be way too much for them to deal with. Well, they're going to have to get into it. It's only a matter of the timing. I'm simply saying that that is a, that is a fact. Th- this is a fact. And so as they think about this, they have to consider that truth. That the, if you think the problem, if you think that the, the 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 complications that we have seen and experienced over the last three and a half years of foreign policy, domestic policy, financial, whatever. And which is a lot, believe me. The issues and complications and, and equations that will turn up after disclosure far exceeds that. They will demand. They will put the ultimate demand on every world leader 
that every world leader will be taken to the absolute limit of their intelligence, their education, their skills, their diplomacy to the to the max. Certainly in the in the top countries, maybe not the lesser countries. So that's a fact. Okay, so that's part of the equation. We've got more equations, folks, to give you. And a very interesting question I'm going to ask of Stephen Bassett in a moment. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... 
take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com, keyword antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we're making this very U.S.-centric, regardless of the four scenarios mm-hmm. that occur with the election. Right. We have something that's going to happen inevitably. But what do our friends like Vladimir and other leaders that maybe we don't like very well? What are they going to do or will they try to upstage us? Because certainly there's lots of sightings in the Russia, lots of sightings in China, lots yeah. of sightings in Saudi Arabia. You know the picture. Of course. I Again, I, I feel I have a pretty good handle on the developments in the U.S. I cannot say that any other country, believe me. I have been to Russia, walked around the Kremlin a little bit, but I, I, uh, uh, but I've never been to China. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can speculate based upon what we know about Xi Jinping and, and, and Putin. But the best I can do in what I would consider a useful statement is that if I am – planning out the process, the disclosure process under whoever is the president, assuming they choose, because I mean, we didn't get through all the other options, but let's assume that something now gets underway under the new president or the next president, whoever, and things start to get rolling. And it's clear that this is it, right? Believe me, it won't take but a couple of such hearings and everybody will figure out this is it. But really, we're going to do this in an orderly process. We're going to take a bit of time so that people can sort of get a picture and know a lot about what's going on before they suddenly have it confirmed to them that ETs are here and that those trips you've been taking every couple of months in the saucer, yeah, that was really happening. If I'm Vladimir Putin and given the relationship I have with the United States and what's going on and all the sanctions we put on Russia and all the, all the terrible things we said about them, which may or may not be deserved, the temptation to jump right in the middle of that and go ahead and make the announcement and pull, pull it out from under the U.S. would just be overwhelming. And so I, I, I can say that there is a very realistic possibility that as we go about an orderly process here involving profound and important congressional hearings, the disclosure president will end up being Putin. Xi Jinping is also a possibility, either one. They may be even competing with each other. I'm sure they're looking at each other you know, from their comparative countries going, I wonder if Xi Jinping will steal this. Maybe I, maybe I should. I, what's going to happen? But there's two major leaders who have enormous, um, much to gain by grabbing the legacy of being the first head of state to confirm the ET presence. I've said this a thousand times. I don't know if people believe me or not. 
but this is politically a massively significant thing. And so, uh, that, so if I'm the U.S., if I'm if I'm dealing with Congress, if I'm part of the team that's uh, we've been talking about TTSA, I'm thinking about that too. I'm thinking, gee, we don't want to drag this out too long. I mean, let's get some hearings started, but let's don't wait too long. Get the hearings, get it out, boom, bada, bang, and then disclose before somebody jumps in and takes the glory. There's that consideration. Uh, let's take another scenario. If the Democrats takes the House and Senate, but Trump is still president, the Democrats might drag it out because they would prefer to have Putin be the disclosure president rather than Trump. That's a possibility. Don't know. Some would say that's pretty unpatriotic. I don't know. But you can see that this is a quadratic equation, right? This is very difficult. And, and nobody is, is talking about this equation on television. Uh, I guess it's my job. I'd love to do some TV, by the way. But, and I'm going to be getting on there soon. I have a plan. But this is the kind of thinking that they've got to be going through. Well, okay. So everybody here at the table has got a, got a hand. But nobody wants to be the first one to show their cards. And there's some pretty good reasons for that. Like on the disclosure issue, the nature of the evidence is such that disclosing that they know also discloses is in part at least how they know. And it's not likely that the DOD or the NSA are going to want that. So even if there is an admittance that alien visitation is a reality, nobody is going to see the actual evidence. Nobody's going to want to say, oh, yeah, we've just got that super secret satellite just up there that has been taking pictures. And, you know, U.S. citizens or Chinese citizens or Russian citizens or military bases or whatever it happens to be, because they're not going to want to admit that. Right. So this is a huge problem. The logic of that statement explains pretty much why there was a truth embargo. Okay, but nothing lasts forever. Ultimately, that embargo has to end. So there will be various levels of discomfort to various people, though I think it's not going to be as bad as people think, because the worldwide interest in the subject is going to be so huge and the excitement level so high that there's not going to be that much uh, people running around finding out who the, whose head they can chop off and who they want to picket or accuse of, of being uh, you know, liars or what have you. I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. But nevertheless, there's potential problems. But be assured that the amount of stuff, the amount of information, the amount of research, the amount of everything that's in the vaults, in the USAP, USAPs, in our government, is that they could be handing out goodies for a couple of years and not run out. Disclosure means confirmation of the ET presence. What we learn after that is uh, a matter to be decided between the American people, the, the White House, and the Congress, and to some degree the military, military intelligence. I, I'm sure you, we're just not going to get everything at once. And I assure you that there will be some things that will be, well, hang on to the bitter end. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, There's going to be a lot of stuff we're never going to see. I mean, I mean you know, because, OK, so this this kind of returns us back to this issue of language. Right. So when we're looking at this Politico article, really good article here, it says that that sets up an unusually public debate on Capitol Hill about how extensively the government has been tracking high performance aircraft of unknown origin 
or UFOs. Now, wait a minute. Aircraft, at least in the United States Air Force definition of it, aren't to be included. They were not to be included in UFO reports. Very, very clearly from Air Force Regulation 202 yeah. from February. You know, so, so now what we've got is a situation where, well, really, maybe they're not aliens. Maybe we're not talking about alien visitation anymore. Maybe we're talking about very sophisticated, high-performance aircraft of other nations. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting into you know, something that is not of interest to us necessarily as people who are looking at alien visitation, but the same type of technology that is used to track those sightings, those reports, is going to be used to track enemy or other nations' uh, military aircraft as well. And they're not going to want to let those people know how it is that they got that information. That statement that he put in that bill is all about ETs, all about UAPs, I assure you. Uh, The language undoubtedly is designed to mitigate some of the risk. But you have to understand that Rubio and these other people, they've been following all this stuff that's happened since the TTSA launched in October. They know about the Nimitz. They know about the gun camera footage. They know about the witnesses coming forward. They know all of this stuff. What they know and how they maneuver publicly are two very, very different things. Let's stop for a moment. Then we'll pick up more with Stephen Bassett and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The fight continues for the end of police brutality. U.S. Senator Joni Ernst believes that mayors of cities with autonomous zones are not doing their jobs. They're not trying to find solutions with racial injustice. They're, they're not sitting down and having those dialogues. They're just allowing anarchists to take over in these zones. What about all of those other residents and business owners? They really are suffering through this. Senator Ernst is introducing a bill that would defund cities that allow for autonomous zones. In New York, hundreds of protesters camped outside City Hall. The protesters are part of a national movement that seeks to regulate police, hoping for more spending on other needs like housing and education. Police officials have warned that the budget cut is coming at a time when the city has seen a surge in shootings during the first three weeks in June. This is USA Radio News. One governor is reevaluating part of his plan to reopen his state's economy. 
USA's Kenneth Burns has more. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says looking back, he would have slowed down the reopening of bars. Now seeing in the aftermath of how quickly it's uh, the coronavirus spread in the bar setting and, and, you know, how a bar setting in reality just doesn't work with a pandemic. People go to bars to get close and to drink and to socialize. Abbott speaking to television station KVIA said the data looked good when they decided to reopen the state's economy. Now he says the state's obligation is to take measured steps to slow the spread of the coronavirus. There are now more than 5,000 people in the hospital in the Lone Star State because of coronavirus. A judge has told longtime Trump ally Roger Stone that he cannot wait till September to do his prison time due to COVID-19. The judge said he must report by July 14th. You're listening to USA Radio News. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 503 800-503-8625. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, UFO or UAP disclosure lobbyist Stephen Bassett's here at the second half of the show. He'll be rejoining us, by the way, on the After the Paracast podcast. And we're talking about lots of interesting developments with regard to disclosure. Before we go on, Stephen, just one left field question here. We're assuming here that any ETs up there or visiting us are not involved. Now, they can just as easily all things being equal, take it into their own hands, and no matter what we do or try to do, they could control the outcome. I don't know about control the outcome. Well, I don't know about controlling what we do, but they can certainly preempt the process anytime they want. And if they do, they do. I can't worry about it. But I do not see any evidence of ET fingerprints on this at all. And if you look at the way they've conducted themselves overall, they have their thing, they're doing their thing. They are concerned about choices we make or don't make, uh, and they certainly are interested in human beings. And, and, and a lot of what they do certainly helps the uh, citizen science activist movement. I mean, my God, all the stuff they've been doing is what we've been chronicling and, and researching and bringing to the public's mind. If, if they were absolutely, totally cloaked all the time and you, you didn't even know they were here, it would make our job a lot harder. But they, they really made the job pretty easy. So I, I think that they're, they're, they're letting an organic disclosure process go forward, but they're not, they're not completely detached from the timeline, uh, which brings us to probably the most important ET evidentiary 
set of all, and that's nuclear weapons tampering. The evidence for this is, and by the way, you can be sure that that'll be one of the very first hearings, right? Bob Salas, I keep telling him, Bob, stay healthy, get in some exercise every day, and don't get COVID, for Christ's sake, because uh, you definitely will end up on a hill. There are three ways that the ETs tamper with our nukes. They turn them off, they turn them on, or they inspect them. Right, yeah, yeah. we've seen all three. Yeah, uh, I guess it depends on where it is that incident is happening. If it's in the U.S., that's where they've been seen to or are believed to turn them off. In Russia, however, that's where they've uh, been reported to have actually come on. But that can be explained by the nature of the fail safes. I don't when know. They're inter- what, yeah, because I've looked into that. They can be doing exactly the same thing, but in in the United States, if if a component fails, which is what's been happening here, and they found the, compo- the components that have failed afterwards. Now, whether those have been caused by ET or not, we're not sure. But when those components fail, then the system goes into a shutdown. But in Russia, when that happens, the system would go into an automatic launch as if, well, we've already been attacked. Maybe everybody's dead and can't push the button so that they would go into an automatic launch mode. Now, hopefully they've changed that. Okay, look, that is a possibility. I've certainly not seen evidence of that. Uh, I'd have to see some. I mean, it'd probably be virtually impossible to prove. But let me mention this. We don't know all of the nuclear tampering incidents. We know the ones that people have come forward on, right? But there have been others that were contained. Same here, the same in the Soviet Union. I believe they've done a turn-on in the United States. I believe they've done turn-offs in the Soviet Union. And, of course, then the other, the third category, which uh, we don't have uh, too much info on, but it's a major case and very well known, was, of course, Rendell's from Fars. And in that case, they shot a beam down, I say inspect. Actually, that's not the word I wanted to use. Inspect is not the word I wanted to use. Uh, deal with, I think, is, is a better term. Well, this information is relatively recent and confirmed by one of, the, one of the key witnesses. Down into the nuclear bunker and le- right down to where the weapons were and left a hole in the cement. So what are they saying here? One – in terms of of these weapons, which you are so in love with, uh, whatever you plan to do with them, understand, we can turn them off, we can turn them on, right, and we can destroy them. And if we can, if we can blast a beam down through the bunker into where the nuclear weapons are stored, we can destroy them. Th- this is a pretty clear message. Most of the witnesses to these events, generally their consensus is this is a message to us. And the message is more of a warning than it is a threat. I I really don't know why the ETs would need to threaten us. Uh, The fact is is that any reasonable person would know that we have no chance against them. So why why make the point? Uh, But that's open to discussion. I mean that would make a fine debate be very interesting. I think fundamentally it's a message. So what, what do I get from that? For, for the entire my entire life and your entire life, the world in which we live, and I'm including every living soul on this planet for the last 70 years, every living soul 
has lived in a world that 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 had stood on a platform. There was a platform underneath it, uh, which everything else stood on. What was that platform? It was called mutual assured destruction. MAD, one of the greatest acronym combos ever. So why is it a platform? Very simple. Over the last 70-some years, everybody understood that the only thing that keeps us from falling into the abyss is that the concept of mutually assured destruction would be would hold. That everyone with those weapons would not use them because total cataclysm would result and everybody gets destroyed, nobody wins. All right? This has become a cliche, but it's more than a cliche. It's the fundamental platform on which we live, and we've been living that way so long, we've taken it for granted. It's like the floor beneath us. Who take who, who, who pays attention to the floor? We assume there's going to be a floor there. What if tomorrow disappeared? There's no floor, and you're going to fall 10,000 feet into blackness. That's the world we live in. And the fact is, is that the Cold War hasn't ended. It's still going on. It's just a little different. But we are still working with MAD. MAD is the platform on which we stand, and it could it could drop away at any time. But the, 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 the bulletin of atomic scientists are not trivial people. They're serious people. They've been doing what they do with their, parad- their, um, their doomsday clock for, for 73 years. And it's not an accident that that clock is now the closest to midnight it's ever been. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. And it's been so many people haven't really paid much attention to that. I, I follow it to some degree because while I came out of the sort of the nuclear age when I was young and it was sort of an interesting thing. But as we've grown up and followed this, uh, people were, you know, it's become passe. Oh, nuclear weapons. You know, that's so passe. Like, you know, yeah. you know, there's so many more other exciting things to think about out there in the world. But I mean, these are really powerful weapons and they're still developing them. Some of them are really scary, too. It was just last year that they had a site big accident and uh, over in Russia, one of their actual test missiles blew up and yeah. the radiation detectors went off all over the place. And uh, that that. Uh, doomsday clock uh, inched up a couple of other minutes and then we find out that what they're working on are underwater torpedo type icbms that are like cruise missiles that go underneath the water you can't catch them you can't stop them there's no way and they come in near cities and blow up in the ocean and create a giant tidal wave yeah and a hypersonic maneuverable so look yeah we're still i mean i mean how are we supposed to deal with that well deal with it is you get rid of the damn nuclear weapon all right. In other words, we're still a bunch of kids sitting in a warehouse full of a million tons of dynamite throwing matches at each other. Yeah, we need E.T. to, to dis. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. To, well, well, I was going to say no, not necessarily destroy, I suppose, but uh, disable them or I mean, too bad they couldn't do it all at once all over the world so that everything just goes completely. Well, know? it's one of the questions I would ask them given the opportunity, but we do know this. They turn them off, they turn them on, and they've made it clear they can destroy them at will. More to come with Stephen Bassett and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. House flies defecate every four to five minutes, spreading diseases and germs. Protect your food and your health with Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic, no batteries required, only $39.95. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains 
contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal Hair Care System is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. This is me, the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. Now, Stephen, again, one of my left field questions, my infamous left field questions. You did mention Rendlesham earlier. There is a book out from Nick Redfern suggesting Rendlesham was basically a government experiment, one of a number of government experiments. What's your perception? He's a cool guy and he writes books. He'll take a, a thread or an idea and a concept, he'll run with it and write a book. That's fine. I don't buy that at all. I think we have a pretty good idea what happened there, and we have a lot of witnesses and a lot of solid evidence for it. So I'm quite comfortable with the uh, the general understanding right now of Anderson Forest. Okay, so let's continue then. We're on this thread with nukes. So what happens now? Uh, you feel that if uh, disclosure comes out about UFOs or aliens uh, mucking around with our nuclear arsenal, that that would be a pretty big issue for disclosure. Well, it'll be it'll be one of the key things that uh, the hearings need to be about. That information is out already, but it's not been dealt with by the Congress, which, of course, any reasonable person would consider an unbelievable failure on the part of the Congress. But uh, the fact is that the Congress has failed so often, so in such grand scale that like, yeah, where do you fit it into the rest of their failures? So. Uh, it's like somebody that's committed so many crimes that they commit some awful crime and you, you don't even really react to it. It's like you expect that. But believe me, once this issue comes back in the forefront, that's going to be right there in the front. The reason we were talking about it, though, was whether the ETs have a timeline, whether they uh, are actually affecting this process, uh, the disclosure process itself, or whether it's completely in the hands of humans. Again, until I have clear evidence otherwise, I say it's completely in the hands of humans. But books have been written, Fated Giant, UFOs and Nukes, press conferences have been held, conferences have been held, lectures have been given. There's been plenty of articles, not as nearly enough. It was testimony to citizen hearing on disclosure. So the tampering of these nukes is out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even back when uh, Ruppelt wrote the report on unidentified flying objects, uh, he had reports in there back when the 52 DC sightings were going on that these big UFOs were flying over Los Alamos. Now, that's the lab, of course, that did the research on developing the nuclear weapons. And I guess it's, there's no coincidence now that it was Trump. He's decided to reopen Los Alamos and reinitiate the whole nuclear weapons program. So, you know, if the ETs are going to do something about that, maybe now's the time. I don't expect them to do something about that. Uh, no, I don't anticipate anything there. But the point I was going to make is that I'm sure there's an awful lot of high-level people who know this issue are aware of it, studied it to some degree, even though it may not be their main job, but they're influential, people of substance. I was going to ask you this. In your experience, how many people do you think are in government 
or have, be, or have been in government in the past who are either believers in alien visitation or are firsthand experiencers. Like you say, there are these people, but like how many are we talking about in your experience you oh, think are out there? Yeah, well, the people who work in government are no different than people that don't work in government, really. Very, very much, they're just people. We've polled and polled and polled on this subject. So assuming the polls count, I'll give you a more recent polling number. The number of people that believe the extraterrestrial thing is real, the phenomenon is real, is about 33%, but it goes up with education. So the more educated you are, the more likely you're convinced that the phenomenon is extraterrestrial. The number of people that don't believe the government is huge, 85 90%. Uh, so this applies. Now, the number of contactees is somewhere between 2 and 5%, I think. I, I use the lowest number that's ever turned up on the surveys, 2%. So take 2% of the government. How many people work for the government? For every 100,000, that's 2,000. Do I think there are contactees currently sitting in the Congress? Absolutely. What's 2% of 535? It's 11. But do you know who these people are? You're the guy right there on the ground. Like, have you actually, <laughs> have you talked to any of these people in person no, who are in there that, you know, behind the scenes? I have talked to people that are part of the government, but I assure you, they do not talk about this, period. They just don't. That's the truth embargo. The truth embargo is complicated, but it is core. It's made up of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who have made the decision that it is not in their best interest to address this issue publicly, no matter what they know. And they do it. Because they believe it's the right thing to do, that the government has a national security matter here. They may even have non-disclosure agreements and so forth. And so their silence is key to the truth embargo working. But as you know, that's breaking down. The number of people willing to come forward is growing. More are going to be coming. doesn't take a lot. But I think the point I'm making is, is that there's plenty of people in positions in governments all over the world that are aware of the nuclear tampering incidents. So what does that mean? It means they're aware that the ETs clearly think this is a big deal, uh, and it is. And the message they, many of them are getting is that, look, we're not going away. Maybe you ought to announce us. Maybe you ought to acknowledge us. Maybe you need to hold disclosure. Why? Because I can make a pretty good intellectual case that the only chance we have of getting rid of nuclear weapons is disclosure. In the post-disclosure world, the basis is finally there for the world's nations to finally make a decision as opposed to trying to drag it out for four more generations. And we get rid of the nuclear weapon. And so disclosure, in that sense, there's a timeline, meaning we're, we're telling you, right, these things are ridiculous, and anybody that is telling you that you need those to protect you from us is lying to you or a fool. So that's that's not going to work. The only thing you can do is use them on each other. Uh, and I'm not aware of a single contactee who has ever reported the ones that get information. Many do. Many don't. But they'll get some information. They'll be told something. They'll see something. Not a single one in all these years has ever reported, oh, the ET showed me this, this image where we started a nuclear war and they, they stopped all the missiles in flight. Never. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, I've seen that in sci-fi, but I mean, but it's not also just the, the weapons that they seem to be frown, frowning on, but uh, we've seen them uh, around the power plants as well. 
I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Look, power so, plants, it, you know, power plants are, are definitely an issue. Well, look, and I think you need to say the environment. They, they do give images of environmental destruction again. And that's that seems logical because we are ruining the environment. Uh, and that's a problem. OK, um, again, these team, these these are positive indicators for me. But then uh, why don't they? Why don't they hover over coal-fired plants then, or nuclear, or you know? Maybe, I mean, maybe they do. Uh, we don't know where they go and don't go. They seem to be uh, interested in nuclear stuff for sure. Well, yeah, nuclear stuff. Yeah. Well, well, you know, remember Chernobyl? Oh uh, yeah, Chernobyl. The whole story of Chernobyl is, is unbelievable, and that wasn't a bomb; that was a plant. The point is, is that nuclear power and nuclear weapons are an absolute existential threat to the human race that has taken four billion years to get here, right? And these these are advanced species that know how long it takes for a sentient species to develop. And apparently, they're trying to point out that we need to deal with this. The Mutual Assured Destruction Platform that we currently stand on prevents a a long list of things from happening. There are so many things that the human race could do, could agree to do, cooperate to, to improve the situation, but it can't happen because on the platform on which we stand, like a chessboard, we, we're not allowed those moves. In other words, the bishop can only move on a diagonal. It can't go somewhere else. So we have confined ourselves to this platform, which has certain rules and certain allowed uh, moves. And we can't fix anything. We simply cannot fix anything. And if we do fix a little something, we give ourselves a huge amount of applause, right? Meanwhile, everything else is going to hell. And so I think there is a timeline here. Exactly how the ETs are measuring, I don't know. But I, I, I ascertain, particularly the nuclear tampering evidence, that they are trying to convey a time urgency issue, um, and so, um, so, so you, you take all of that and put it in the context of disclosure. Now, put it in the context of politics. So, if you're a knowledgeable person, this issue of hearings or no hearings, this issue of who's going to be the disclosure president and when, all of this stuff, even it's massively significant, and I'm sure it's seen that way. Just because it's massively significant doesn't mean that you're going to start going out and giving repeated interviews about it. It's still an embargo underway. The embargo is still still has not been not been ended, and there's great political risk. We've got more risk to take here in our final four segments with Stephen Bassett. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, 
and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, this is an interesting thing about risks here. Assuming everything happens the way you suggest, or the best-case scenarios. But aren't there downsides, too, for any specific politician embracing further study into UFOs? Uh, Recently, they passed a bill... I don't know what it was. It was Priyana's Law. No, it was something. They passed a bill 99 to 1. And there have been a few other. And, and, and in this time, in the day and age, that's, that's remarkable. Once that train gets going, once the disclosure train is, arrives, they're all going to jump on it. It's not going to be somebody standing on the station feeling alone and left behind and embarrassed. They're all going to jump on it with both feet. It's the biggest event in human history, and everybody wants to be a part of it. Now, there may be some that push back about some things. For instance, disclosure happens, and then the process of, of, of starting to provide information to the American people that has been denied them. I'm sure there are going to be politicians who will resist in that area, in very, depending upon what the information is, and they'll be pushing back. They'll be basically uh, – there'll be a tug of war, and they'll be on the side that's trying to keep information back. But they will have, confer- they will have accepted the confirmation of the extraterrestrial presence. That's what's key. Uh, the debates and so forth in the post-disclosure world, uh, that's another matter, and that's, that's, that's normal, right? But this idea that uh, disclosure is going to happen – and ultimately, the president makes the announcement, but then all of a sudden, four-fifths of the Senate decides, no, that's not true. Or the Pentagon suddenly puts out a massive press release. No, the whole thing was a hoax. No. Once this baby leaves the station, it ain't ever coming back. And so there will be losers and winners, uh, both in the economic world and the political world. 
And that always happens when you have a paradigm shift of great magnitude. But unlike some things in the past, we, we have, we ha- we've known this for coming for so long that I think people have had plenty of time to prepare. So it may minimize the downside. Uh, let me put it this way. We, we have had way more, I mean, magnitudes more citizen involvement and awareness on the ET issue than we have on pandemics. It's not even close. And so, not surprisingly, we got caught with our pants down on this pandemic. And it's cost us at least $3 trillion so far. And probably several more trillion, uh, at least, before it's over. And a lot of people have died. Well, the ET issue is not that bad. We have had a huge amount of awareness for decades. And so, as it really starts to unfold, I think people are going to get it pretty quickly. And they're going to pay attention and so forth. So, Again, I have always felt that disclosure would be far less disruptive than any government person has ever said. Uh, and I still believe that. And it'll be anticlimactic. And everybody said, well, why in the hell didn't you tell us sooner? And, you know, we can argue that forever. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, a lot of people felt, why did it take the 1964 to get the Civil Rights Act? Why couldn't it have been in 54, 44, 34? History is what it is. History is volatile. You get something going and then history comes and smacks you back. Uh, this pandemic has not helped the disclosure movement. Uh, Hillary Clinton was going to disclose. We would have had disclosure in 2017. We'd already be three and a half years into this post-disclosure world. I suppose I could write a book about what that could be like. But history stepped in and it didn't happen. Stephen, yeah, definitely. Like a lot of what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and and it does get pretty complicated uh, when you start talking about the politicization of alien visitation. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is the biggest danger in the politicization of alien visitation? The biggest danger is easily the fact that – well, like, say, like, just we yeah. touched on it a bit with, uh, say, the anti-nuclear movement. Okay, so when ET comes down and and all of the the issues that people who are into ufology and believers in alien visitation, contactees, abductees, and so on, there's a whole subtext of social movements that go on yeah, there and yeah. suddenly they would come to the fore so you get anti-nuclear ecology vegans whatever right sure everybody's going to have a party but you got ahead of yourself you said when the ets come down we're not talking about the ets coming down we're talking about disclosure the biggest danger is this that all the information the research technology and everything else connected to the ets is in the hands of the military intelligence complex of several nations they have, right? And, well, what's their job? Well, their job is to defend the country against all foreign enemies uh, and to go to war. That's what they do. We need a Department of Peace. If Biden is smart and he wins, he'll create one. Uh, devoted as much time to making sure that uh, peace has the maximum possibilities as opposed to defense and war. So, it's, it's natural that the people inside the military intelligence complex are going to be more comfortable with the ET issue presented in the form of being a potential threat. 
Notice potential threat. The TSA, particularly in the show uh, Unidentified, in, in, inappropriately referred to it as threat. Now, I don't think that was necessarily uh, an intentional thing. It's an easy thing to do. But there is a hell of a lot of difference between a threat and a potential threat. Um, and so that's the way that, you know, that's why they called it the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. They can't, they're going to have this program, even though they didn't want it, uh, hanging out there in a the Pentagon. And uh, it had to have a name that people would not get upset about. I get it. So, but that means that there is a built-in front-end bias towards the threat the threat modality for this and that opens the door for those of the of a certain point of view to build the hearings around and favor the case for a military national defense posture on this in other words primarily that all right I don't care about uh, anything else. I don't care about energy systems or whatever the hell. We we got to focus on military posture. This is the greatest danger, uh, and it is non-trivial in that it's going to be very difficult to maneuver this. This is where some of the people in this field that have been involved for decades, like Richard Dolan, could be very helpful if they're willing to give him and others like him the the opportunity to participate and advise, uh, but uh, it's really a simple equation. Uh, we're already bankrupt. We're going to be more bankrupt by the end of this year. Uh, since 1950, uh, over $100 trillion has been spent, in 2020 dollars, by the nations of the world on war and defense. $100 trillion. Easy. Uh in other words, money that could have pretty much solved every problem we could imagine, and we'd all be living the life of Riley here. But no, no, we got the MAD, Future Surge Destruction Platform, and on that platform, you're allowed to spend untold trains of dollars in, 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 in having wars and defending against new wars. So uh, we – well, I had – yeah, let, 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 let me finish. Okay, yeah, go ahead. We, we already know more than enough about physics – of this world and what it means to be an interstellar species. Any reasonable scientist, I've never seen one that has even approached making the case that based upon the laws of physics alone, we have absolutely no chance in a, uh, a conflict with extraterrestrials. Absolutely none. Right? The only reason that we walk this earth now, I'm not, not the only reason, one of the reasons that we walk this planet now is because the ETs don't stop that. Let's get into that in our sure. final three segments of the show with Gene and Randall and Stephen Bassett. You're in The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. We all need to do our part. And so that we care. Look, man. I wear a mask to protect you. You wear a mask to protect me. Let's all wear a mask to stop the spread of coronavirus and save lives. Good reasons for the public and business owners to wear and offer face masks. And here's more good reasons. Get 100 disposable face masks for only $36.99. Or 50 disposable masks only $18.99 from sunny-bay.com. The best value of level 1 disposable face masks or high-quality N95 face masks anywhere. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $35. Choose your level of protection and see your selections at sunny-bay.com. Prices are low, but supplies are limited. Get details and order at sunny-bay.com, a Biomed DB design company. Go to sunny-bay.com for disposable or N95 face masks. Ask about volume discounts available for all businesses. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamGaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamGaday.com with Longevity. TeamGaday.com. In today's world, violent crime can victimize anyone, anytime. When violent crime confronts you, will you be able to protect yourself and your loved ones? For personal protection training, there's none better than FrontSight, the world's premier firearms training facility near Las Vegas, Nevada. Learn firearm skills from FrontSight's world-class instructors, led by FrontSight's founder and director, Dr. Ignatius Piazza. Whether you're in law enforcement, the military, or a private citizen, after your first firearm training course at FrontSight, you'll leave with skills that surpass 99% of the gun-owning population, guaranteed. And now, you and your family can train at FrontSight free of charge. Yes, free. Go now to FrontSight.com slash radio to secure a $2,000 four-day defensive handgun course. Absolutely free with no catch. Enter F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com slash radio. Act now before these free courses are all taken. Secure your free four-day course at FrontSight.com slash radio. FrontSight, America's gun training destination. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Yes, you raise an interesting point there, Stephen Bassett, and that is that 
any alien species as advanced as these seem to be, they would hold the cards if they wanted to do something. They certainly could. They can help us certainly with the pandemic, which in the U.S. especially, as we speak, is almost getting out of control worse than any other country on the planet. I mean, if E.T. cares so much about nuclear weapons and everything, and there have been reports of a possible interference at nuclear installations, why aren't they doing something about the pandemic? Because they're not here to run the planet. That's clear. They are engaging us, yes. This is leading somewhere, disclosure, and I think ultimately open contact. But there's no indication at all that they're here to run the planet. Who the hell wants to take over management of a planet of seven and a half billion people. Especially this planet. <laughs> well, we may, be the, we may be an average planet. There may be planets out there with an intelligent population that would utterly disgust us, how idiot, as stupid and dangerous they were. But it's a simple equation. We cannot defeat them. And therefore, spending one single dollar on some program designed to protect us from the extraterrestrials is simply one more dollar thrown down the drain. And you've seen what we've spent in the last 65 years just on trying to protect ourselves from each other. God knows how many trillions militarists would want to defend against the ETs. The second independence movie, which was absolutely awful, I think it was called Independence Resurgence, When They Come Back, right? God, it was terrible. They've got this little base. You know, they've got this little base on the moon. It's, they put something. It seems it's kind of big, but it's actually pretty small. And it's got this kind of weapon attached to it. And so the ship comes in. <laughs> and the ship comes in. And the thing is, is the ship is as big as about a half the Earth. Right. It's about the equivalent of half the Earth. It's that big and it's cruising in. And so they they fire their little weapon at it. And of course, they obliterate the whole thing. That image sticks with me. You know, this little little tiny weapon there and they're in a ship the size of a planet. And, and, and that's a defense program that they've been working on since the last movie. That's how absurd this is. Okay, hang on. But that is sci fi, too, with in yeah. in actual ufology when we're trying to t- look at uh, more reasonable reports yes there have been sightings of what they call the motherships they're pretty big uh, you know and then just regular ufos what stanton friedman would have called the shuttles or the excursion modules that sort of thing they've got incredible uh powers of maneuverability and everything else but whether or not they could actually take over a planet well distances between stars are really far apart i mean supply chains not for them we don't we but we don't know that for all we know it might take them 50 years to get here we can't be sure let's just let's just say this you either have transcended the relativistic barrier you haven't i i'm not pretty sure that they have but look the the fundamental point is this there's no indication they're here to take over that's for sure there's no indication that they want to destroy us and there's no way we could defend ourselves if they did that's very simple. But the militarists are not going to see it that way. You know, they're living, their, their whole world is spending huge sums of money defending the good people of this country. And they will take all the money you can give them. Uh, and suddenly somebody comes along and says, well, look, 
not only do we want to, no want to spend any money defending against the ETs, which is impossible, but, you know, we need to get rid of the Dukes and start make peace with our neighbors and, and cut the military to maybe 20 percent of what it is. This is where things have to ultimately go. And that's understandable. But the people that have been defending us, right, because things happen fast now. And it happens within a single generation. So all of the people whose whole life is about defense and military and conducting war are going to have to give that up. A lot of them are. That is the danger. They may not want to do that. And so we end up with a cockamamie position on this and the money is is being thrown at some sort of ET defense force. And I'll be out there saying don't do it. And others – there will be arguments and debates. Everybody's screaming at each other. But people that don't know much about science particularly, they, they have no idea what faster than light means. They have no idea quantum mechanics. And so as far as they're concerned, the ETs are like the Chicoms, right? Chicoms mess with us, we'll blow China off the map. So I get it. I got a useless degree in physics, but it's had some benefits to me all these years. Uh, but it doesn't take a lot of science to know our position. It's just the way it is. In fact – Look, a smart planet, uh, assuming there are any Borg out there, would do everything it can not to let anybody know where you are. (laughs) It's hard to not do that because you're putting off electromagnetic radiation. Uh, But I imagine there are some planets in very remote parts of some galaxies or some of the satellite galaxies that nobody would ever run across and you totally develop on their own. But then that gets us to one very significant point, which I love to get to. And that's this. There is something else very important happening right now that is absolutely, I think, essential to the process and the timeline. And it's this. For those that really have a lot of time on their hands, you know, to the extent that you can, go read what you can about the the status of faster-than-light drive, warp drive, and the physics behind it. All right? You will find that it's used to be you could only find that in sci-fi books. Not any longer. We're closing in on the solution to the relativistic light barrier, which means that if once we solve that equation, we can build interstellar ships. And the pace at which things are going, hell, it could be 20 years away. So what does that mean? Hey, if you're an ET, it's important. Why? Here's a planet. That, that lives on a platform called Mutual Assured Destruction. It's got 10, couple, 10, 10 20,000 nuclear weapons still, have used them on each other. They're going to build starships. And, of course, they're going to view the galaxy as free carry. And, you know, you got to be better be safe than sorry. And so they're going to put some nukes on those ships just to be safe. And they're going to sail off into the galaxy to see what's what. Now, if I'm an extraterrestrial, that can't happen. Period. There's no way I'm going to let a a new star-faring civilization bring their nukes into space and turn up in one of our solar systems, right? Because it's a big universe, a big galaxy, and uh, it may not be possible to to know anything that could show up. And so at that point, regardless of what they've done in the past, how they've interacted with ancient peoples and so forth, which I believe they have, this is a different time. The point at which full global awareness and interaction – must take place would be when a planet has a sentient species that has solved the physics issue, solved nuclear physics, and is about to solve light travel. At that point, you have got to make friends, or at least you've got, you've got to make connection. 
It almost yeah, takes indeed. us to the legend in Star Trek, Star Trek First Contact, where in the mid-21st century, a lone craze inventor <laughs> named yeah. Zephyrin Cochran invents warp drive, and the Vulcans see the warp signature, and there it goes. Yeah, there this goes, more to come. Fact so and fiction, well, who well knows? With, with Stephen Bassett and Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The fight continues for the end of police brutality. U.S. Senator Joni Ernst believes that mayors of cities with autonomous zones are not doing their jobs. They're not trying to find solutions with racial injustice. They're, they're not sitting down and having those dialogues. They're just allowing anarchists to take over in these zones. What about all of those other residents and business owners? They really are suffering through this. Senator Ernst is introducing a bill that would defund cities that allow for autonomous zones. In New York, hundreds of protesters camped outside City Hall. The protesters are part of a national movement that seeks to regulate police, hoping for more spending on other needs like housing and education. Police officials have warned that the budget cut is coming at a time when the city has seen a surge in shootings during the first three weeks in June. This is USA Radio News. One governor is reevaluating part of his plan to reopen his state's economy. USA's Kenneth Burns has more. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says looking back, he would have slowed down the reopening of bars. Now seeing in the aftermath of how quickly it's uh, the coronavirus spread in the bar setting, and, and you know how a bar setting in reality just doesn't work with a pandemic. People go to bars to get close and to drink and to socialize. Abbott speaking to television station KVIA said the data looked good when they decided to reopen the state's economy. Now he says the state's obligation is to take measured steps to slow the spread of the coronavirus. There are now more than 5,000 people in the hospital in the Lone Star State because of coronavirus. A judge has told longtime Trump ally Roger Stone that he cannot wait till September to do his prison time due to COVID-19. The judge said he must report by July 14th. You're listening to USA Radio News. 
Today, many of us are paying attention to our health, and what we eat plays an important role. But so often, the water we drink is a mere afterthought when it should be a primary part of our daily nutrition. Real Water would like to change how you think about the water you drink and how it can play an important role in helping your body restore balance and reach its full potential. The key benefits of every bottle of Real Water are stabilized negative ions, balanced pH, detoxification, and it hydrates you like never before. And yes, it tastes great. Real Water is beyond alkalinity, and due to its proprietary process called E2 Technology, it's the only drinking water on the market that can maintain a stable negative ionization, which means real science in every bottle. Order your real water today and take advantage of special pricing for this audience only by calling 1-855-REALWTR or visiting buyrealwaternow.com. That's 1-855-REALWTR or buyrealwaternow.com. Order now, 1-855-REALWTR or buyrealwaternow.com. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we have a situation here where the entire world is going to hell in a handbasket. I can say that on commercial radio. And we have all the problems here. But we right now are looking into the possibilities of Warp Tribe. A lot of the inventions and things in Star Trek, they've yeah. tried to bring about in reality. And one of those, again, is Warp Drive. In fact, there's a Warp Drive for Dummies paper that you can get online yeah. and learn about what's going on. So you think in 10, 20 years we'll have Warp Drive? Well, that would take I us almost to the mid-21st century, just like yeah. that movie, Stephen. It's very possible. One of the reasons why it's all or nothing if you haven't circumvented the, rel- the um, relativistic barrier, the nature of relativity and mass is that the faster you go, the heavier you get. Yeah, maybe they just do three quarters and say they're, they're only four light years away, maybe from Alpha Centauri, four light years. And so eh, they could do three quarters the speed of light they could get here in six years. But then understand to do three quarters of the speed of light, you're going to have an unbelievable amount of energy because the craft is going to weigh a gazillion pounds. It just won't work. And so the fact that they are here confirms interstellar drive. And plenty of scientists knew that back as far as the 50s. They said, oh, looks like this is really tease. Whoops, they must be interstellar. And they all started thinking about interstellar drive. Look, nothing has driven the, the, the goal of interstellar drive more than the presence of the extraterrestrials. As far as well, and also yeah. anti-gravitic propulsion. Well, that's true, and uh, we—I mean—we don't know how it works necessarily, but yeah, there's certainly enough sightings out there t- for us to go. But it works somehow, and therefore it must be possible. If they can do it, we can do it, and I—I I think you're absolutely right. And the whole idea of the Star Trek first contact scenario is, is actually pretty insightful because. Uh, Stanton Friedman was he he was another one who would say, well, hey, are you going to let, you know, the kids out of the playground with interstellar ships and nuclear weapons? Absolutely. They're not going to. In other words, if I were advising anybody within our government that actually gave a damn about this issue and wanted to know what's the uh, fundamental, what's what's at the center of this? What's the fundamental fact or factoid that 
somebody needs to know here as we consider an infinite number of political decisions. And I would boil it down to this. ETs have been around for a long time. When we found nuclear energy, that changed the relationship. However, they were dealing with this changed significantly. And as we've moved further down the nuclear uh, weapons uh, uh, time, their presence grew. And as we approach warp drives, they have a clear, I think, uh, a clear um, uh, decision they're making. And that is that open, full contact has to take place and some sort of understanding has to be reached before we have interstellar drive. And, I mean, they could blow us up and that would solve the problem. But apparently they don't blow up civilizations. That's nice. We, we do that in our sci-fi movies all the time, which kind of reflects how we think, right? Uh, you know, in the I, movie Day of the Earth Stood Still, the classic version with Michael Rennie, don't forget that when Klaatu came to Earth in that movie, which is loosely based on actually two short science fiction stories, when he came down here... He wanted to warn us, get your acts together, people of Earth, or we will take matters into our own hands. And he then introduces Gort the robot saying, we have given this race of mechanical beings or whatever full authority over us. So that that book is 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 in the general vicinity of the idea that I'm putting forward. By the way, a lot of people, many people who saw the remake, which I thought was very good with Keanu Reeves, a lot of people that saw the remake did not catch at the end what happened. What happened at the end was okay. I've turned this stuff off, but you you're going to have to give up your technology, power, electricity, all that kind of stuff. No. You're going to have to go back to basics. You're going to have to become the Amish. A lot of people, of course, were going to die because of that. But that not, some people miss that. But that's not what's going on here. What's going on here is that it's clear they don't want to destroy us. It's clear that they've engaged in us for a very long time, though it, it, the ETs of 10,000 years ago may not even be around anymore, probably aren't. And it's clear that the nuclear issue is not only critical to us, meaning if we if we don't solve the problem, we're going to eventually blow up the, the, you know, the platform. But it's also important to them. And so we're heading inevitably towards an, a confirmation of their presence, which I believe will be followed by open contact in about two years. And after open contact, you know, again, we've had contact, but I'm talking open official contact, I'm going to call it. And after open contact is when we get down to it. What, uh, what's going on? Uh, and I can guess what they'll say, what they'll want. I, I can guess what we would want. But I, I'm extremely confident that one of the first things is going to be on the table open contact is that you've got to get rid of the nukes if you want to be involved with us. If you want anything we have, uh, you're going to have to get rid of the nukes. If you want to destroy yourselves, fine, go ahead. I mean, we have a whole galaxy available to us. Uh, Feel free, but you're not going to put those weapons on a starship. So, you know, if you build a starship, we're going to blow it up. That would be the, the easiest thing to do. We'll blow it up. It'll never leave orbit. Uh, you can build another, we'll blow that up. We don't want to blow you up, right? We value sentience in life. But you're not bringing those weapons into space. This, to me, is so obvious. 
the logic of it is so powerful. It cuts through all of the rest of the noise. I mean, you've heard there's so many theories and so much research and evidence that points here and there and everywhere else. But after looking at this for 23 years, it keeps coming down to that, guys. And doesn't doesn't that just sort of take the whole political frame, though, and just make it bigger instead of what we have here on Earth? Now it's out there in the galactic federation, so to speak. And then so what does that make us? It just it makes us this third world with with, uh, you know, no way to defend ourselves. So so who's going to do it for us if we can't do it ourselves? We may not need to. I I think that I think that uh, we know that, that we know that they have alliances and the reason we know that is that there are a number of different ET types. You're quite aware of that. And they're clearly operating, working together. They're seen on each other's ships time to time, and they're obviously operating in the same space. People talk about battles in space between ETs. Yeah, that sounds cool. I've not been convinced of that. Uh, so they have alliances. Of course they have alliances. I mean, if we if we if we got interstellar drive and flew out to Alpha Centauri and found a relatively advanced civilization, what will we do? We well, probably, probably make, want to. Yeah, we'd we'd make probably, contact. Yeah. Right. But, but, but I mean, it, like what I'm getting at here, though, is like if you're saying, well, you know, if we go out into space with our weapons, the big bad galactic police are going to come after us and destroy us. Well, what gives them the right? To decide (laughs) that any more than it gives, say, us the right to tell uh, smaller nations on Earth that they can't do it. The only thing that gives them the right is that they've got bigger, badder weapons. So, you know, you've got to expand your politics here. One thing I want to mention before we go to our break, and that is here, we should not assume that extraterrestrial races are any nicer than we are. All right. Just because they have more advanced toys, they might be worse. They might be more dangerous, and they might not consider us worthy of attention except to fly around. They don't Uh, obviously care whether we see them or not if they are what they seem to be. They're just here. I mean, if they had a non-interference policy, well, that went out the window with the first sighting. We've got Stephen Bassett of Paradigm Research Group. He, of course, is a UFO or UAP lobbyist. He's here for one more segment, and he'll be back for After the Paracast. With Gene Randall, you're in The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S 
Silvermedicine.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware. Not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients. American made with American ingredients employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. Attention homeowners that have ever had a broken appliance. (laughs) That's a joke, right? We've all had broken appliances. I own a home just like you and have found a way for as little as a dollar a day to have all the major appliances in my home on a warranty plan. They're guaranteed to be fixed or replaced. You know how expensive an air conditioner, the heating system, a washing machine, dryer, water heater, or refrigerator can be. For about a dollar a day, all your major appliances are protected in case they break. Unless you're uh, Daddy Warbucks or the Monopoly guy and you don't care about money, call my friends at the Home Service Club now and get a warranty on your major appliances. It's a free call and the first month is free. But be one of the first 25 people to call within the next 10 minutes. 800 825 6796. So here, Stephen Bassett, I guess I raised the question of the morality of E.T. If they are all what you say, they're going to stop us if we try to threaten them. Maybe we're assuming they're too nice? Uh, again, this is where we get to exopolitics. My new podcast, which will start soon, everybody will have a podcast eventually, 350 million <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, hey, Stephen, is exopolitics one of your words? Is that your, can you lay claim no. to that one? No, no, no. That's Alfred. Where did that come? Where did that come from? Alfred Weber, two thousand. Okay, he he definitely 
created that word. So uh, let's define it for our listeners. Just what do you mean by exopolitics then? Exopolitics would be the, the history of and uh, all aspects of politics as it relates to extraterrestrial matters. It's basically politics, but with a focus on all things extraterrestrial. So if we're talking about how are we going to deal with the ETs and post-disclosure, that's exopolitics. If we're talking about the political reaction of governments to the ET presence going back to the 40s, that's exopolitics. The reaction of governments to, say, the Soviet Union, that's not exopolitics. What about the reaction of, of governments to something like the Space Force, where we go out in space and, and have to deal with each other out there? It, is, does that count as exopolitics? No, no, that's just more, that's going to be war in space. Uh, that's just standard stuff. Everything that's connected to ETs. Okay. Uh, so there's some pure, pure science. Like if you're, if you're talking about trying to understand warp drive, that's not exopolitics. But on the other hand, if you've already developed warp drive or you've developed anti-gravitic propulsion and they're keeping in a, a USAP and not letting that information out, that's an exopolitical decision. Right. So, so we're talking about the, the relationship between Earth and alien civilizations. Exactly. They're operating under a set of rules that we don't know. And the moralities involved have to be taken in the context of multi-solar systems, multi-species. So what, what is allowed, what is not allowed? I don't know. We know a lot about extraterrestrials. I mean, we've been studying them for 70 years, so it's not as if we're just guessing or assuming. But do we ultimately know what their agenda is? No. Do we ultimately know if they're nice or not nice? Uh, those words probably don't even apply. Are they destructive? That's the most important thing. I, I, I do not believe in good and evil. These are human concepts, and I don't, they don't really, to me, reflect reality. I, I think you divide things up into destructive or constructive. You're either building something or tearing it down. Now, it turns out that destroying things is considered evil in many cases, not always. And so are they constructive or destructive? What have they done on this planet that's destructive? Boy, it is hard to find it. Uh, you know, we keep saying that they help build the pyramids and help build that, help build this and move megaliths around. Well, they could have destroyed the pyramids. We built them and they destroyed them. They have messed up some people's lives. There's no question. There's some contactees whose lives did not go well because they were part of that. So that was somewhat destructive. Yes. They've turned our missiles off. Not destructive. They turn them back on. Right. They could melt them down. They don't. There's, there's been some incidents where military aircraft appear to have been actually um, either shot down or somehow caused to crash because of them. Uh, yeah, there is some of that, and but we don't know for sure. Uh, there's also some evidence they might have crashed in planes very early on because we were shooting at them like crazy back in the early 50s. That's Frank Ficino's work. That needs more exposure. It needs to be more looked at more closely. But the fact is, is that overall, you look at their total uh, presence for the last 70 years, it's not destructive. Even the crop circles, they create beautiful images, but most of the crop is, 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 is salvageable. You don't lose the crop, right? It's kind of nice of them. Uh, they could have burned those images into those fields, and it wouldn't be a piece of wheat left. Uh, so I'm, I make light of this, but and, and sometimes you have to. We don't know anything for sure. Well, let me put it this way. We know for sure that we can't defeat them. 
So we must not have or even entertain having a war with them. And I'm sure there are some guys that say, look, if we can just build an underground facility so deep and we'll build these starships and they won't know we have them, we'll get the, we'll get the nukes on them and suddenly <laughs> we'll launch these starships and we'll be out there. And then we'll say, all right, guys, you get away from us or we're going to, I don't know, throw one of these things at you or something. I don't know. It's ridiculous. We should be so grateful. The only reason that we're here at all is that a whole set of a set of conditions within a very narrow band had to exist. We have to be in a certain space around the sun. The temperature zone has to be a certain zone. You have to have X amount of water. You need a moon for tides, and I could go on and on and on. And you put all this stuff together, and here we are. And we take that for granted, but it's really amazing. The, I'm sure the majority of solar systems do not have life. But that still leaves an unbelievable amount that does. So the point is, is that we are here because of a whole bunch of special circumstances, which we take for granted. Well, one of those other circumstances, meaning that the sun is just right and not too hot, and not too cold, is that advanced interstellar species apparently don't see any value in destroying other civilizations. Well, why waste the energy? I mean, you know, especially if we're not out there really causing them a problem, you know, it it seems like they're more into studying us than anything else. Of course, which is totally appropriate. I'm really not a fan of the Star Wars movies. (laughs) All these these trillion dollar ships getting close to each other and firing things, each other and blowing each other. I mean, it's it's totally ridiculous. Uh, This is us. This is us being us. I get it. But the reality is, no. Um, So we're lucky. Thank God that the Borg really don't exist. Now, how do you know? Is it possible that a planet could develop a a sentient intelligence, high tech civilization? And that planet was off somewhere in the boondocks. I mean, just completely out of the way. And, And no other species, no other advanced civilization was aware of it. And it got all the way up to interstellar drive and headed on out into the galaxy with some serious weapons. All right, that could be a problem. However, what if that unusual situation, meaning nobody could intervene there to prevent them from going past that key marker, which is where we're heading for, they would be up against the power of probably whole alliances of civilizations who would then dispatch them. Again, like, kind of like a Star Trek. It's the Federation, okay? The Federation is protecting all the Federation planets from all the other violent Federations. But I don't think there are any violent Federations. I think there is something fundamental about sentience getting to the point where you, can, you have the technology to travel the stars that you have left behind the kinds of primitive thinking and the kinds of primitive activities that we have. It seems to be a natural adjunct of that. But let's be fair. If once there are a number of advanced civilizations in the galaxy, and if they have interstellar drive and can maneuver that galaxy at will, and they, they start as a policy intercepting civilizations but to ensure that when they go interstellar, they're not going to be bringing weapons, they pretty much can continue to maintain that balance indefinitely. We're running out of time here. I want to continue this discussion and many more on After the Powercast. In the meantime, please tell our listeners where they can find more information about what you're up to. Of course, the main site is ParadigmResearchGroup.org. 
My podcast, Disclosure Wire, will start pretty soon with an initial introductory video, and then I'll be posting them at, you know, as, as soon as I make them. All podcasts, no, no live stream. I'm doing media again. I, I hope to be getting much more involved. I've been sort of out of it for a while. It's been an interesting three years, the last year in particular. But I'm back in the game and uh, excited about possibilities. I'm still working for the fundamental goal, and that's disclosure. I, I hope to see it in my lifetime. We've got more to come on after the Paracast, by the way. It's part of the Paracast Plus. For more information on subscribing, you simply go to the Paracast.plus. That's the Paracast.plus. We also give you a version of the show free of the network ads. You can also check out branded merchandise if you go to the Paracast.shop. We're taking advantage of all these special top-level domains, they call them, TLDs. The Paracast.shop for branded merchandise. The Paracast.plus for after the Paracast and the version of this show free of the network ads. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. And you can find an official Paracast channel or two on Facebook. Stephen Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group. Thank you so much for joining us on the Paracast. It has been a pleasure and lots of fun. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast. <laughs>